It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Nate Abarea. Pleasure and a privilege to be with you every day, whether you're listening on one of our fantastic affiliates all across the Sports Byline Familia, or you're subscribing to us on iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes when you get a chance. Tune in, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're app happy. We're app friendly here at World Soccer Talk Radio. Been listening to a lot of reggae today, a lot of Junior Mervin, Dillinger, and Jacob Miller and, and that type of stuff. So I'm in a happy mood. A lot of people are in a happy mood. If you follow the North American Soccer League, you're in a happy mood, especially if you're a fan of the New York Cosmos or the Ottawa Fury. NASL final coming up this Sunday. we got a very special treat for you NASL and you Cosmos fans on the show today. Eric Stover, the chief operating officer of the New York Cosmos, is going to be joining us talking all things NASL and New York Cosmos and really focusing on Sunday's final, but even looking forward to the winter and proposed Cosmos trips down to Puerto Rico, the potential signing of Mr. Samaras. That's right, the legendary Greek forward potentially coming to the New York Cosmos. We'll talk about the legacy of Raul and Marcos Senna, who will most likely, we know how these footballers can be, but most likely be playing the final games in their fantastic soccer careers, Raul and Marcos Senna, in that match against Ottawa on Sunday. U.S. men's national team fans, you're also in a good mood because the Klinsman Watch 2015 is going to continue. Oh, yeah, and the team's going to be playing in an actual World Cup qualifier. We can get back to talking about U.S. soccer matters on the pitch with our beloved men's national team in St. Louis against St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Capital of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, by the way. Kingstown, population of a little over 40,000. There will probably be more than that at Bush Stadium in St. Louis for that World Cup qualifier on Friday. And before we head to our first break, got to give a uh, tip of my cap to a good friend of the show and one of the finest writers that we have at WorldSoccerTalk.com, and that is Steve Davis, who pinned today a fantastic article entitled, The Time Has Come to Worry About Clint Dempsey's U.S. National Team Future. Clint Dempsey, as you probably already know, left off of the squad for these matches against St. Vincent and the Grenadines and Trinidad and Tobago next week. Great article. Check it out, WorldSoccerTalk.com by our good friend Steve Davis. Things are happening with Dempsey, Davis says. We're not sure what, but this moment means, well, something. If nothing else, it's the alarm bell from the watchtower for fans and media. We're back with Eric Stover of the New York Cosmos after this on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. 
listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again! Welcome back into World Soccer Talk Radio. My name is Nate Barea. Thanks for tuning us in however you may be doing so and tweet us at world soccer talk and follow me on twitter at nate wst our guest in this edition of the program is the chief operating officer of the new york cosmos mr eric stover how you doing sir thanks for coming on very good how are you nate i'm doing great so uh Something something rather big going on for the Cosmos this Sunday and, of course, the opposition, the Ottawa Fury, speak, of course, of the NASL Championship, the final on Sunday at Hofstra. What can we expect to see uh, in, in this final uh, of, the, of the North American Soccer League, Eric? Uh, well, you know, this is what you play for, right? When you start the season and you put your goals out there, uh, lifting a trophy is always at the top of the list. So this is what uh, all the hard work is about that the guys have been put in, putting in all year. Uh, I, I think for our league, it's um, the two best teams, um, the, the, the two teams that have been coached the best. I think you got a little bit of difference in tactics with um, – Ottawa being a little more defense first and, and really solid in their organization. And we're more of a possession-based team, and, and we like to attack and keep the ball and, and stay in the attacking third as much as possible. Um, and like I said, the, the two very well-coached teams, and, and both teams will be really prepared for Sunday. What are we expecting as far as atmosphere uh, at Hofstra for this game? I think it's going to be a big crowd. Uh, ticket sales are going well. Uh, not sold out yet, but it's going well. Um, there's a lot of buzz in the community with uh, not only hosting a championship game, but we have two legends on our team, Raul and Marco Senna, that this is their last competitive match ever in two illustrious careers. Uh, so a lot of interest from international media. Uh, so we're expecting a really big day. What does that mean to you and, and to the Cosmos as, as a club and as a brand to, to have this send-off for, for the likes of Raul and Marco Senna? Uh, it means a lot. So we, we have a legacy that we have to live up to. Um, you know, everybody around the world knows of Pelé and Beckenbauer and Canalia and the Cosmos of the late 70s were really the first Galacticos team, a, a team with world stars that played all over the world. Um, and that's part of our legacy. So we have to li- live up to it. We think about it. We talk about it every day. Um, we've been lucky enough to sign two great players like uh, Raul and, and Marcos. And um, it's important to us to send them out on the right foot. You know, it, it, talk about a storybook ending. Those two guys could finish their career lifting a trophy. That's what this is all about. How do the Cosmos balance that, that idea of, of the important legacy that you speak of with being a, a competitive soccer side week in, week out, and focusing on, on the moment at hand? How do you balance the, the legacy with the present moment with the Cosmos? Um, you know, I think you're always aware of the legacy, and that's, that's your goal. That's the bar you have to reach for every day. And then that helps everybody else. We know um, that two and a half years into relaunching this club and playing soccer, that it, it's not at the peak that it was in the, in the late 70s. But we're working towards that. And everybody 
has to take a moment, look back, see where we started two and a half years ago, see where the NASL was three, four years ago, and where it is now. And undeniably, there's been tremendous progress. So those are the the wins for us, as well as you know winning matches and and um, winning trophies and having the opportunities that we've had this year. Eric, you talk about the the journey of of the last two and a half years, and we've had a, a number of fantastic New York City based uh, soccer journalists and broadcasters on this show, and I, I love discussing this really new thing and that is this incredible I shouldn't say new thing it's kind of a renaissance going on of sorts and that is the the New York soccer scene how how do you feel right now about the the New York soccer scene as a whole from from MLS to NASL and and even other things going on uh, around the city and and the surrounding areas I think it's tremendous. You know, to have three teams in this market uh, playing at a high level, being very competitive, uh, you know, at times taking cheap shots at each other on social media or, you know, being competitive off the field, that's all great. That helps fan engagement. And, you know, if you started this year and, and said you, you looked at the teams, uh, Red Bull was struggling off the field, and there was a lot of internal strife. And look, look how well they've done. Uh, it's just tremendous. I, you know, I, I for one, is, have been proved wrong that you know they, they've really pulled things together and have, have been a great team. NYCFC, the, you know, they kind of got off on the wrong foot with some mistakes, it, but you know, averaging twenty-five thousand people a game or whatever it is. Another great story. Uh, you know, we've been around the world. We've won a lot of games. We're playing for a championship. I think we're, we're a great story. So I think if you're a soccer fan, this is arguably the best time to live in New York ever. Even in the 70s with, with Pelé and Beckett Bauer and Carlos Alberto and 70,000 people at Giant Stadium. This, in, in some ways, is better. So uh, I, I think it's great that fans have to choose a color and, and represent a team and keep pushing and, and moving the bar forward for the whole sport. Now, Eric, I want to go back to something that, that you brought up there, and, and whether, whether you call it cheap shots on social media or the relationship off the field, how do you balance? I mean, how, how do you find the, the nuance, the in-between area between competition and coexistence between the Red Bulls, NYCFC, and everything going on with the Cosmos right now as someone who, who is behind the scenes for the Cosmos? Uh, well, I think a lot of the, the trolling, the majority of it comes from fans, and that's all fun and most of the time good-natured. Uh, but there's a lot of mutual respect. You, I, I worked at Red Bull. Uh, some of the staff that worked here worked at Red Bull. Uh, we have friends there. We have friends that left Red Bull and are now at NYCFC. So there's a lot of mutual respect. The, the coaching circle in this country is, is small. Um, so there, there's a lot of mutual respect there. And, uh, you know, we've had players from Red Bull on loan with us, and, you know, we've done scrimmages. We played their, um, their USL team in a bye week not too long ago, and, you know, that's out of collective efforts to make our teams better. So I think there's a lot of mutual respect, and most of the, the trolling comes from the fans, but, you know, we get our shots in there once in a while, too. <laughs> Eric, uh, in the two minutes before we got to head to a break here, I want to go back to, to the final on Sunday. From a competitive standpoint, what are going to be the biggest keys for, for the Cosmos to come out on top in this thing? 
I think we have to stay organized, um, have positional discipline. Um, when we played them the last time, they broke our streak of uh, over a year of not losing at home, and they beat us 4-1. Um, if you back, went back and looked at the stats, we controlled possession. We had a lot more shots on goal. Uh, we had a lot of great scoring chances, uh, but we broke down on that counterattack. And I, I don't know this for sure, but I think they scored four goals on three shots. So um, they can be very lethal. They can finish well. They have good attacking players as, as well as very good defenders and a, and a great goalkeeper. So... Um, we have to be uh, very tactically aware and um, be very careful of the, ca- the counterattack. Eric, 60 seconds before we head to break. How are uh, Raul and, and Marco Senna feeling right now? How's their, how's their psyche going, you think? I just got off the phone with Gio. He was raving about both of them. And, uh, you know, I've noticed uh, another level, another gear out of them the last few weeks. Um, they know the end is near. Um, they're they're one game away from retiring, and they've they, they've been very focused and working very hard. It's been impressive to watch. I've, I've always been impressed with both of them, but uh, to see that extra gear kick in, it's been uh, it's been a real privilege. We're here with Eric Stover, the chief operating officer of the New York Cosmos on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Sit tight. We're back after this. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? will suit up for Brazil, he'll suit up for the Cosmos, he'll even be managed by Michael Caine, he'll have Sylvester Stallone behind him in goal. Cheers to you, Pele. Nate Abarea, back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Check out the website, worldsoccertalk.com, tweet us at worldsoccertalk, and tweet me at Nate WST. Eric Stover, the Chief Operating Officer of the New York Cosmos, is with us, and we went to break there talking about Raul and Marco Senna, who are going to be playing what is most likely going to be the final competitive match uh, of, of both of their outstanding careers. And it's raising a conversation uh, around social media with, with Cosmos fans and, and even fans of, of just the game in general in this country of, well, the Cosmos have always been all about audacious signings and, and bringing in these players and bringing in these legends. You talk about the legacy there earlier, Eric, and the name Giorgio Samaras has been uh, brought up quite a bit as the next big signing uh, for the New York Cosmos. Tell us about this. Yeah, I kind of put my foot in my mouth sometimes. Um, <laughs> Giorgio is a, is a wonderful guy, um, and we were in advanced discussions with him going back uh, several months ago. Um, but he has a, an injury that he's been rehabilitating. The, the good thing for us is he's been doing that with doctors and uh, physiotherapists here in New York. Uh, and as he's gotten healthier, we, we extended an offer to, to him to train with us. 
the good news is he's progressing. He's getting healthier. Um, and, you know, we certainly still have an interest in him. Um, he'll probably have interest uh, abroad as well. Uh, and we hope that we could pick the conversations back up again, but that, that's all for, for something after the season. Eric, why, why do you say that you, you sometimes put your foot in your mouth in, in regards <laughs> to something like this? Well, I was, uh, I was uh, at a fan event, and I spoke a little more openly about it than I normally would, and it's made a few headlines. But, yeah, you know, George Oss is trying to get healthy quietly, and, uh, you know, he's, he's getting very close to that. Are there any, uh, I mean, I know you say this is a matter for, for after the season, but it's something that, that the Cosmos are, are all about and I feel like have, have been public about for, for some time. I mean, is, is there any other ambitions as far as foreign talent to, to bring in? Is that a big focus going into the off season of bringing in a, a big-time foreign name? Um, yes and no. Uh, we're always very careful with our signings. It has to be a player that fits within our system and a player that fits within our culture in the, in the locker room. Um, so we always do that first. What's been tremendous with having a guy like uh, both Raul and Marco Senna is they, they check all the boxes. They're world-renowned players, but also wonderful family men and great in the locker room leaders that put their arm around young guys when they need it. Uh, so that, that has really helped us as a club. And Marcos in particular, um, it's a, for, for us to be able to, to sign a player of that caliber before we had really a full team together and we hadn't kicked the ball yet, uh, and then to see his level of play day in and day out is has meant a lot to us and given us a lot of credibility and allowed us to have more conversations with people like Raul. Now, Eric, I have to ask you about another subject that is, is always on the table with, with the Cosmos fans all over social media and beyond, and, and that is a, a permanent residence and, and seeing the Cosmos playing at Hofstra, seeing them play in Brooklyn uh, during, during the semifinal against Fort Lauderdale. Where, where do stadium plans lie right now as far as just flat out where do they lie? And then also where do they lie in terms of the, the list of, of important things for the, the Cosmos to tackle? I think it's the most important thing for us to resolve. Um, we've done tremendously on and off the field the, the first two and a half years um, to be playing for a second championship with three seasons. Uh, that, that's remarkable. We've we've done a lot of we made a lot of impact globally. I think we've been to six countries in two and a half years. Uh, so we're living up to our expectations, but we have to have a stadium to fully realize those expectations. And I think that's the case for for everyone. When I was at Red Bull playing at Giant Stadium, uh, or or when I was managing Giant Stadium, watching the Metro Stars, it just wasn't the right venue. You realize that in that situation, you cannot reach your potential. Um, and then when we built Red Bull Arena, everything really turned around for the organization. Now, there were some mistakes that have been made with that organization over the last few years, but when you have that, that stadium issue resolved, it helps you commercially, it helps you competitively, helps you with recruiting players, it helps you with recruiting staff. Um, and, and where we are now, uh, we have a lot of opportunity costs. I, I think 
I'm pretty certain that if we were moving into our new stadium next year, which was our original plan to to move in beginning of 2016, I think we could have convinced Raul to keep playing. Um, as it is now, playing at, at a college lacrosse stadium on a plastic field, um, you know, it's it was hard to, to, to convince him to, to keep playing. And, and no disrespect to that decision. He, he's ready to go and absolutely finishing on a high. Um, but it's just an example of the, the costs that we've had to pay that aren't necessarily dollars and cents waiting for this decision. Eric, were you, were you disappointed at all by, by the attendance turnout in Brooklyn for, for the semifinal against Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, I, you know, I I can't lie. I was disappointed. I thought we would we would do better. Um, and you know, that's something we have to keep looking at. Um, we had enough time to market and promote that game, um, and the the attendance wasn't as good as it should have been. Um, you know, I thought we were going to do better. It, it seemed to be trending that way, and then it, we sort of lost some momentum. Um, but you know, I think that's also part of you know the the unanswered question of what our our future is with the stadium, you know, and then having to move a playoff game out of your home stadium to another stadium, which is in a very different part of this New York market. You know, those are, those are obstacles that are hard to overcome. And, you know, I give the, the staff and the, and the team credit for taking that challenge, fighting it head on and, you know, getting the result and moving on into the championship game. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that goes alongside a, any, any stadium project is, is the idea of a permanent training ground. And that's something that I, I hear talked about quite a bit. And I'm curious what plans are for, for a permanent training ground for, for the New York Cosmos as a club. Well, that's definitely in our plans. What we have now is good, not as good as it should be for us. Um, but it, as comparison, when I was uh, with Red Bull, what we have now is is better than what we had at Montclair State University when I was at Red Bull. So uh, <laughs> it's good, not as great as it ultimately will be or can be. Um, and it definitely, a training facility is definitely in our plans. Our, we have very ambitious goals. We want uh, a training facility that is state-of-the-art. We hope that that facility will be the home to the best academy in the United States with age groups from U10 all the way up through a U23 semi-pro team, feeding into our B team, which feeds into our first team, and all of that in a training facility, and ultimately having an academy that has a residency program assigned to it. So we have ambitious goals, but the most important thing is to get a shovel in the ground on our stadium. And when that happens, then we'll know what the next step is. And that next step is finding a site for a state-of-the-art training facility. Eric, when, when you talk about the, this process, this project, the, the growing pains going on right now, you, you continually reference your time with, with the Red Bulls and with the, the Metro stars and being around uh, uh, various aspects of New York soccer. How much does your personal experience really play into to your decision-making now in, in your role with the Cosmos? Well, I think it, for me personally, it helps a lot. Um, if I'm frustrated about any one thing, I can look back at whether it was my time at, at the Meadowlands watching and working with the Metro Stars or working directly for Red Bull, I can remember 
being in a similar situation where things weren't going the way you would hope them to go, uh, but knowing that we came out of it and we did X, Y, and Z to to get out of it. So I think that helps a lot. Uh, And understanding that it wasn't a long time ago where people were still questioning in this country if this sport was ever going to take off. And, and we could see now with the success in MLS and a lot of clubs that have done well, the growth and success of the NASL, and the same could be said in the USL, even the MPSL. Our B team played in the fourth division championship game in front of over 18,000 people. If you had said that to me 10 years ago when I was uh, working with first started with the Red Bulls was probably eight years ago, first starting at Red Bulls. I said, no way, never happens in this country. So the growth of the sport in in this country has been tremendous. And when you have steps sideways or or maybe a step backwards, you you just say, okay, I've seen that before. Uh, We'll make this change and we'll, we'll regroup. Well, absolutely. And uh, shout out to Chattanooga FC, by the way, for uh, that, that NPSL final that Eric references right there. We're here with Eric Stover, the chief operating officer of the New York Cosmos, continuing this conversation on the other side of the break. Talking Cosmos in the Caribbean, talking Puerto Rico, talking Cuba, a whole lot of great stuff going on with the international brand that is the New York Cosmos. Nate Abarea and Eric Stover back with you after this right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. To World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Pretty good. Pretty damn good, that's. Yeah! El Clasico is almost a week away, so it's time to start thinking about where you're going to be watching that Real Madrid Barcelona clash. If you're in the U.S., you know the game is being shown exclusively on BN Sports and BN Sports Espanol. But if you don't get BN on your cable or satellite or you're a cord cutter, you can still watch the game live or on demand with Fubo TV. Fubo TV, a completely legal streaming service that features tons of games each week from La Liga, MLS, Liga MAX, Serie A, the English Championship, Capital One Cup, and a whole lot more. You also get BN Sports, BN Sports Espanol, Goal TV, Univision Deportes, Unamas, and even get Fusion Plus, Fubo TV now features DVR functionality. Streaming service works on your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, Amazon Fire, and now the Apple TV. And for World Soccer Talk radio listeners, this is where you need to really listen up. You can sign up for a free 24-hour trial today at worldsoccertalk.com slash Fubo TV. That's F-U-B-O TV. And if you like what you see, you can lock in the low $6.99 monthly rate today. Fubo TV, the best of live soccer in one place. Sign up today. WorldSoccerTalk.com slash F-U-B-O TV. Get on that 24-hour trial. You will not regret it. Nate Abarea is my name. Tweet me at NateWST, the way many of you have been throughout this live edition of the show. We're live every day here on Sports Byline, and thanks for subscribing to the podcast as well. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Eric Stover, the Chief Operating Officer of the New York Cosmos, and it's time to take a little trip 
down southeast a ways from, from New York, down, down into the Caribbean, where the Cosmos went and played a very culturally significant match uh, this past summer against the Cuban national team. Had a great chance uh, to talk with Shep Messing uh, on the show last week about his experience in Cuba and some of the stories involving Raul and, and the Cuban children. It was just some great stuff. Well, next on, on the list of destinations for the Cosmos is Puerto Rico, I believe. Tell us about the, the Puerto Rican adventure coming up for the Cosmos, Eric. Well, we have uh, Puerto Rico coming into our league, um, so that'll be our, uh, a trip next year. I, I believe, yes, they're coming in the fall. Uh, Miami FC joins the league in the spring, and we just announced, uh, the league announced Rio, Oklahoma City uh, for the spring next year as well. So three new expansion teams. I think you might be thinking about um, the other guys here in, in New York uh, playing a friendly in Puerto Rico. That's not us. Oh well, my my apologies. <laughs> then then we'll go back to the Cuba thing. Please tell us tell us what you learned from the Cuba trip. Um, yeah, Cuba trip was an amazing experience for all of us. Uh, you know, I was I wasn't sure when we started to pull this together if some of the young guys would understand it, or players that are from other parts of the world would understand the the cultural significance of that uh but they all did and they all rose to the occasion they understood at the timing of it you know it was a very sensitive diplomatic time uh and they all represented our club in the united states so well uh and it it meant a lot to all of us not only to to be on the ground there but to meet the people and uh, you know there wasn't a dry eye in the house when the cubans sang the u.s national anthem it was a special moment for us so eric uh, uh away from puerto rico uh what are the other potential destinations for the Cosmos <laughs> uh in in the future here and carrying on what, what what you've referenced on the show what what shep talked about so much on the show last week and that is the the truly international brand uh, that that is the new york cosmos well, you know, we've been to London, Dubai, Hong Kong, El Salvador, Cuba, uh, I'm probably missing a couple. And we have, we're in discussions with some very interesting opportunities for the off-season, um, possibly a trip to Africa. Uh, we're in discussions for a trip to Brazil, um, and then possibly a, another tournament in Asia. Uh, so, you know, that's part of our legacy. Um, certainly we draw interest when, it, when people reach out to us, you know, they're thinking, yeah, I know, I know these cosmos, but we can also back it up with a good team. Um, and so, you know, when you have guys like, uh, Raul and Marco Senna on your team, um, you know, we've got a bit of the past, but also the present and the future. Eric, how do you feel about the, the state of, of NASL? You brought up the, the new OKC team. We're talking about uh, Puerto Rico and Miami and, and additions to the NASL. How do you feel about where the league stands right now and, and this discussion about Division I sanctions in, in American soccer? Well, I, I think the league has grown tremendously. I think Bill Peterson has done an outstanding job. Um, the expansion and the new ownership um, – it has been very important because they are wealthy people with vision that is very similar to ours. And we can't forget about the new owner in Carolina. Obviously, there was uh, some issues there uh, over the last 12, 12 months or so, but to get a 
local, very wealthy owner into Carolina that really wants to take that team to the next level, that that is a huge move for our league. Um, and what I what I find very interesting when I started here with the Cosmos and we were out selling our story, a lot of people would say, okay, I get the Cosmos, but I don't get the league. And I think the league has answered that question in a very short amount of time. Obviously, there's still growth. The stadium stadiums need to be improved. Playing surfaces need to be improved. But where the league was three, four years ago, where it is now, is uh, a tremendous amount of improvement. And I think that question, what about the league, has been answered and answered well. Eric, do you think the NASL is deserving of, of D1 sanctioning? And, and if so, could you explain why? Yeah, you know, I'm not really involved in that and probably shouldn't say too much or get myself in trouble again. Uh, what I would say is all, all we want is a, a fair opportunity to grow our team. Uh, we believe in the North American Soccer League. We believe that our club, the New York Cosmos, can be the, the best club in the United States, in Canada, and hopefully sometime in the future uh, competing on the same level and even better than Mexican clubs. So we just want that opportunity, and we want that opportunity to be down to the, our merits, the work we put in, um, the, the vision we have in our execution. But if rules are changing consistently, then that starts to become unfair. And for me, as it relates to the cosmos, that's the most important thing. But I'll leave it to the NASL and, and the experts there to, to carry that argument forward. Well, yeah, and we'll we'll reiterate here. This is this is just Nate talking to Eric, and and I'd love to get your opinion on one other thing that relates to this conversation greatly, and that is the the concept of promotion relegation uh, in in American soccer. Is that something that that you support, and will it ever happen? I would love to see it. I think um, it's some of the most compelling drama uh, in sport. You know, the the game, the the promotion playoff game in England to send a team up to the Premier League is, I believe, the most valuable sporting event in the world. To, you know, the, to win that game or to lose that game, the, the difference in paydays between the two is so, so dramatic and leads to so much drama. Uh, I think that's really special. And you see it in other leagues, the, the playoff game between the last place team or the last team in, in the Bundesliga with the Bundesliga two team, you know, there's a lot of drama that, that can come out of this. I think it would create interest in this sport that, yes, is growing, but would make it even more dynamic. Um, but I am very skeptical about it ever happening. And most of those aren't really the, most of my opinions about it aren't really about, um, you know, the personalities involved. It's really more about the economics of the various leagues, how they're structured, uh, and, and U.S. soccer's ability to influence them. Um, I just, I'm, I'm very skeptical that it'll, that it'll ever happen, but I would love to see it. What's it, in, in your opinion, if you had to, to pinpoint one or two things that, that act as, as hindrances for, for promotion relegation in this country, what would they be? Well, you know, MLS, they have a, a closed system, and it's designed that way for a reason. Um, 
so that you would it would require a philosophical change, a, a very profound philosophical change for MLS to agree to some form of promotion and relegation. Um, I think there's a lot of moving pieces right now. The you know the relationship between MLS and USL. The fact that USL teams have affiliate teams, not, not affiliate teams, but teams uh, owned by um, other MLS teams. So, you know, Portland, for example, has Portland too. So, you know, it, it, is that truly a third division, uh, you know, if, if you really have a, a feeder team playing in it? So it, 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 these things are very complicated, and it's very fluid. Uh, things are changing every day. And, um, you know, at the moment, I don't think U.S. soccer can get their arms around all of what's happening um, day in and day out. Well, philosophical change is definitely something that is going to have to come if we can ever uh, see a dream come to fruition in regards to uh, promotion relegation in American soccer. Now, Eric, I want to go back to we, we've spoken so much about your personal experience and the different perspectives that you've gained in your time around the game of soccer and specifically around New York and New Jersey soccer and and whether it's. NYCFC or whether it's the Red Bulls or whether it's a team 3,000 miles away in, in the LA Galaxy, do you ever and this ties back to the international brand of, of the New York Cosmos do you ever compare the New York Cosmos worldwide brand and name to, to that of popular MLS teams or, or do you try to refrain from doing that? Yeah, I don't I, don't, I try not to compare us to other teams in this country. Uh, I do know that we get opportunities that, that others don't. And, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants for sure. Uh, but like I said earlier, we've been able to back it up with the team we've been able to build and the style of soccer we've been able to play. So that's what's most important to us. But I do think that the globalization of the sport is essential to uh, soccer's growth in the, in the United States. Being able to, to be active players in the global market is essential. At the moment, when I walk around New York City as an example, most of the soccer jerseys I see now are soccer jerseys from Europe. When I took my daughter to her first day of kindergarten, there were five soccer jerseys in her class. No other sport, by the way. They were all soccer jerseys. And there was uh, two Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and a German national team. And... For us to be globally relevant, when I say us, I mean all of you as soccer, we really have to be part of that global economy, make our teams, our clubs more relevant uh, in the city they're in, in the, the country they're in, and, and nationally. And I think there's teams, there are examples to your first question, your earlier question, there are examples of teams doing it very well. Seattle Sounders, Portland Tibbers, really great local support better national support, but, you know, where's that transition globally and what will ultimately that mean if they can make that crossover and start being successful? Now, we've been able to do it nationally, internationally to great success, but we need to do better locally. Um, so we're all still very early in the maturation process of the sport, and I think there are, there are big successes all over the map, um, but we need greater consistency for the sport throughout the leagues. Well, there are a few things more important for, for any 
football club, any soccer club, then being in touch with, with its own community. And Eric, in the 60 seconds that we've got left here with you, there's a whole lot of Cosmos fans who are uh, listening live on Sports Byline right now and a whole lot more who are going to be listening uh, to the podcast version of the show. Anything that, that you'd like to say to them uh, before, you, before you take off here? Well, yeah, we've had great support. The you know the Burrow Boys, Labanda, uh, Cross Island Crew, they they they're diehard. They they mean so much to us. They're so passionate. They're so engaged. Uh, I feel so privileged that we as an organization have been able to bring a championship game home to them. It's very unique in professional sports, and hopefully we can lift a trophy for them this weekend in the home crowd right in front of them. Uh, I think they deserve that, and uh, hopefully they turn out in great numbers because uh, it's going to be a special day for all of us. Eric, how can we get a hold of you on social media? Uh, Twitter, certainly I'm on. Uh, now, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> at Eric Stover NYC, at Eric Stover NYC on Twitter. Well, I really appreciate your time, Eric. Uh, no, you're very busy, and best of luck this Sunday with the uh, final against Ottawa, sir. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Nate. I enjoyed it. Have a good night. Again, again that was Eric Stover, the Chief Operating Officer of the New York Cosmos. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio, taking the express train home. Stay tuned. Another big thank you to Eric Stover, the Chief Operating Officer of the New York Cosmos, for joining us in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. By the way, if you're not able to make it out uh, to Hofstra for the NASL Championship between the Cosmos and the Ottawa Fury, check it out. One World Sports, 5 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff, One World Sports pregame show, and an open live stream, both beginning at 4.30 p.m. Oh, some great stuff going on on Twitter during the show. Oh, the soccer deacon getting involved. I love this one. I don't always agree with at Nate WSD, but I think he does a fine job. Thank you. I'm, I'm okay with that tweet. Oh, then this stuff gets good. Truth is, I liked Nate. I listened to his show for a long time, but could only hear him talk about Avar so many times without referencing Pro-Rel for USA at all. I even heard him mock the Cosmos. Sorry if we don't ask for more from these fake MLS bootlicking journos, then this is all we will get. Well, hey, this is what you got today. I hope you enjoyed this Cosmos Spectacular, where we talked all about promotion relegation in America and your beloved New York Cosmos. Cheers to you all. Back with you tomorrow. Nate Abarea signing off. World Soccer Talk Radio. Love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.